Political Thoughts with Steve is brought to you by Anchor. Go to anchor.fm today to start your free podcast or download the Anchor app from all major app stores. And welcome to this week's episode of Political Thoughts with Steve. I'm your host, Stephen Goff, and this week's podcast is going to be a great podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about the Kavanaugh hearings. This is the absolute final time I will talk about the Kavanaugh hearings. I know that there is a lot of mixed emotions between my fan base on these confirmation hearings. But you know me, I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. Also, the midterm elections is coming up in less than four weeks away from today. So we'll be talking about the midterm elections this week in Trump. And of course, final thoughts with Steve. So all this and more here on Political Thoughts with Steve brought to you by Anchor. And welcome back to Political Thoughts with Steve. Segment one, this is the Kavanaugh Thoughts. I am still befuddled after last week. And the crazy part is I saw it coming, but I thought that maybe there would have been a change of heart within the United States Senate. And, of course, I was drastically wrong. Um... So, this is going to be the last time I talk about this, because for the last two weeks, I have discussed Kavanaugh and what's been going on with this confirmation hearing. Um, Last Saturday, the Supreme Court voted 50-48 to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme Court, and probably about two hours after he was confirmed by the Senate, he took his judicial oath of office, which officially makes him the newest justice of the United States Supreme Court. So here's my final thoughts on what's going on right now within the Supreme Court, and basically what is also going on within our country as a whole. Um. That whole confirmation hearing, Republicans are saying it was a joke. Um, To me, I don't think it was a joke. I think it was a light being shined on the whole issue of what's going on with women and sexual assaults. Kavanaugh was a, he was a controversial hearing. Last week or week before last, we talked about Judge Clarence Thompson and his confirmation hearing, but this was totally different. This guy just gets on my nerves. Just looking at the guy, I just want to punch him in the face. And yeah, it just it just befuddles me what happened on Saturday. So Dr. Christine Blassie Ford gave an amazing testimony a couple of weeks ago on the floor of the United States Senate during the judicial hearing. And, you know, for the whole day, she was talking about the 
events that happened 30 plus years ago between her and Brett Kavanaugh and watching the hearings, your heart just goes out to this woman. My heart was breaking for this woman because I saw legit pain in her eyes. Now, Republicans are saying, well, she was probably coached and she was probably completely lying and yada, yada, yada. Here, here's the thing. Every time you hear a woman come out against somebody, especially that somebody is either running for office or going up for a high office, the first thing you hear is, well, maybe she's lying. That has been the stigma for a long, long time in the United States when it comes to everything that happens with women is, oh, well, the woman's probably lying. Ah, uh, he's innocent until proven guilty. Something that they always bring to the table, that innocent proven guilty. I am not a lie detector test. The FBI did a lie detector test on her. They even published the results during the Senate confirmation. So if she was trying to hide something, I just don't understand if she's hiding something. I don't understand that she's lying. I, I don't fully understand that because how could a woman who has everything to lose that has already probably lost something, why would that woman just straight up and say, you know, all this testimony especially risking the possibility of lying under oath and lose everything in her life just to see a quote-unquote innocent man go down it just makes no sense but after all that you heard senators republican senators were saying well maybe she is telling the truth. Maybe we should think about this a little bit further. Maybe we should have a thorough FBI investigation within this matter. And after the investigation, we will vote, which is something that we've all been wanting. We have all been wanting this FBI investigation to happen so we can actually get to the bottom of that whole sexual assault case. Now, President Trump, when he directed the FBI to investigate this, it was a limited investigation. So what does a limited investigation mean? A limited investigation means that the whole scope of the thorough investigation, that's the lie detector test, that's questioning 200 plus witnesses, that is 200 plus witness is just a ballpark number just for this scenario. But, you know, it comes with the witnesses, the lie detector test. It comes with background information, integrations. That is a thorough FBI investigation. A limited would be the FBI talks to a couple of people and that investigation is completely done and over within three to seven days and the findings of that investigation is submitted. 
Well, the findings of the investigation was submitted. They couldn't find plausible evidence against Brett Kavanaugh. Signs still delivered. That was done. Or that's what my Republican friends say, that it was done right there. And, you know, that proved his innocence. I don't completely agree with that. Um, I think if it was a more thorough FBI investigation, I think that would have shed a whole lot more light into this issue. If the FBI had more time to conduct a better investigation, we probably would have known more when it came to this confirmation hearing. Um, yeah, it's just a, that whole week was crazy. And then it went straight to the floor for the Senate. They debated for a couple of hours. It was really good debate on the Senate floor. I was actually very impressed over this debate because you could tell that there was, you know, a lot of emotion when it came to this confirmation hearing. But the one thing I noticed that this confirmation hearing was was rushed by Senator Turtle himself, Mitch McConnell. And throughout this podcast, anytime you hear Senator Turtle, you will know I am talking about Mitch McConnell. But it was completely rushed, by the way. I'm guessing just to make the Republicans look really good for the midterms. Now, I should have put a disclaimer at the beginning of this segment because this is a no-holds-barred segment because I'm pissed. I am pissed off at the United States Senate. I am still pissed off at the United States Senate right now. And I know everyone literally just gasped. Oh, my God, Steve, you you used the word pissed off. Wow. This isn't a family-friendly podcast. Well, in most case scenarios, this podcast is family-friendly. I do my absolute best to watch my sailor mouth. But when it comes to this, this is no holds barred today. So sit back and relax, my fellow blue wave Democrats. I am completely pissed off. This Congress... If it has proven anything in the last two years, this Congress is gung-ho of doing exactly what President Trump wants them to do. Back in the day, Congress was part of a checks and balance. In fact, if you read the Constitution, our forefathers gave the majority of power to the Constitution when they created the three branches of government, to the United States Congress. The Congress was the legislative body. The president had no power in Congress. This is a reason why the president goes to Congress in January to deliver a State of the Union address and not Congress coming to the White House to hear him deliver the address. But I am pissed off at this Congress. This was a political move just to look good in the midterms. But in all actuality, this did not make Republicans look good. This made the Republicans in the Senate look like a group of assholes. Completely. A group of assholes. Oh, he said another word. I might as well just go ahead and put probably about 20 bucks in the swear jar today because that's probably what's going to happen. This Senate 
looked desperate. They looked desperate. They looked they looked like they had their heads so far up their butts that they could not see daylight. They were chuckling with each other. And it it killed me. And it killed me because you know, I don't have a daughter, I have a son, but I have a bunch of nieces. And when it comes to my nieces, yeah, you know, I worry about their future. I worry about what the world is going to be like when they get older. I have a I have a 13-year-old niece that is my she is my world. And you know, when it comes down to it, Congress literally told women in general, your voices don't matter. This is a controlled white old man Congress. Your opinions do not matter. Your feelings on sexual assault does not matter. Shut up, sit down, and deal with it. That is what Congress told women last Saturday. Now, I came up with the th- with the two possible scenarios of how Kavanaugh was going to get confirmed. Recap scenario one, it was going to be a tight vote. It was going to be a 50-50 vote. Vice President Pence would walk on down the aisle, cast his tiebreaker. Kavanaugh is confirmed in the Senate. Signed, sealed, delivered. Option two, Senate would grow balls and actually do something that's right for this country besides screwing people every single day, the Senate would vote no on this guy and tell President Trump, bring us a candidate or a nominee that would be easily confirmed. And that would have been the last thing you would have heard about Brett Kavanaugh. But no, that was another option. Option three, 50 to 48. What does that mean? It means that either one Democrat sustained, decided not to vote, which isn't the case. It was actually a Republican that was celebrating his daughter's birthday, didn't vote. So... That was 50 yays, 48 nays, and one Democrat that decided to jump ship at the last hour to vote yes for this guy. So here's um, here's my message to that one Democrat that decided to jump ship at the last minute. Voters never forget, especially as a Democrat. You know, a lot of women vote Democrat. And I'm pretty sure that your woman voters are going to shun you during re-election. So to the gentleman that decided to vote yes, well, it's been fun, dude. But um, I guess you're fired, to quote, you know, our fearless leader and commander-in-chief. You're fired. So after the drama that happened on Capitol Hill and, you know, I I talked to friends of mine about this, especially women, 
and they were they were completely pissed off. They were just they were angry. And here's the here's the kicker. Not all women friends of mine are Democrats. The majority of my friends, they are on both sides of the aisle, which is great because I get to hear both sides of the argument. I hate a one-sided argument. But I, even women friends of mine that are Republicans even said that they were pissed off. Kavanaugh was not the right pick. Trump loves controversy. I mean, would you ever expect an easy confirmation hearing for the Supreme Court? I mean, Neil Gorsuch, I mean, he was he was easy when it came to his confirmation hearing. I'm sure there was controversy, but I've forgotten about it. But this guy, this guy we're going to be talking about for a long time. Well, you guys can talk about him for a long time. This is the last time I mentioned Kavanaugh, unless of something happens in the court and he gives a dissenting opinion. So where do we go from here? Where do we go after this crazy week full of drama that could have either been a soap opera or an episode of WWE Raw? Where do we go from here? I'm going to tell you where we can go from here. If you're pissed off at this, if you are still pissed off, remember, November is only three and a half weeks away. Election day is about 26, 27 days away. So carry that anger to the voting booth when you go vote. And vote them out. Vote them out. When it comes to candidates, yeah, I tend to vote Democrat. Because of the Democrat Party, the ideals of the Democrat Party goes along with my ideals. Especially how they're starting to adapt this more of a progressive agenda than a liberal agenda. So I'm, you know... I vote Democrat, but what I've noticed in Alabama is that during election season, there's always people that decide not to run on the ballot. So, you know, we're always stuck with a Republican, but, you know, I always think about, you know, if this person is going to represent me and my state correctly in Congress, I should vote for him. Now, I'm guilty. I have voted for Republicans in the past. So my advice to every pissed off Democrat who listens to this podcast or every pissed off woman that strongly believes that her voice has been silenced because of this confirmation hearing, election day is three and a half weeks away. Stop what you're doing and go vote that day. That's my advice. There is a lot at stake right now in the courts. Um. There's a lot of websites on the internet that is dedicated on looking at court cases and studying the court cases and keeping you up to date minute by minute. It's it's like an NFL game on a website. 
for Supreme Course. I mean, I'm a nerd when it comes to this, so I am I'm always watching these websites. Um but there's a lot at stake right now with Kavanaugh being on the Supreme Court. You're looking at civil rights cases that's going to be heard next year. Um I'm I don't want to say that Roe versus Wade is going to come up, but you know with with the court now being you know majorly conservative Republicans, it would not surprise me if Roe versus Wade is brought up in court. It wouldn't I mean you know, with Roe versus Wade and I have a lot of mixed emotions and mixed opinions when it comes to abortion. But Roe versus Wade was a historical case ever presented to the Supreme Court. And ever since Roe versus Wade became law of the land, it has been the right-wing Republican, quote-unquote, Christian conservatives, it has been their mission to get rid of Roe versus Wade, which would limit women's rights. So, yeah, you're going to hear about Roe versus Wade. I guarantee. Well, I wouldn't put a 100% guarantee on it. I put about a 90% guarantee on Roe versus Wade. Um, elections. The one thing that has plagued our election system for the longest time is money in elections. All these super PACs getting behind candidates, donating millions upon millions upon millions of dollars to candidates. It has been a problem because it shows voters that money rules politics, not the people. So when you hear about campaign finance reform coming up within the courts, you can pretty much guarantee that the courts is going to rule out campaign finance reforms because you want money to run politics. I personally don't. I back candidates who don't accept money from super PACs. But when it comes to our election season and our elections in general, big money runs elections, not the people's voice. And it should never be like that. But there goes campaign finance reform. You'll hear about civil rights, gay rights. I feel very bad right now for my LGBTQ brothers and sisters right now. I feel bad. Because gay marriage can be nixed. It could make it harder for gay couples to adopt. It could make it harder for gay couples to have kids, period. Supreme Court right now could probably rule that when it comes to religion, doctors can take religion into effect when it comes to contraception. Um, you hear about discrimination cases all the time about how adoption agencies will not let gay couples adopt children because of religious reasons. And quote-unquote, gay parents will create gay children, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
And, you know, Trump is president. There's a lot of stupid things coming out of the White House these days. But, you know, that that's probably one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. There, There's just a lot riding on the Supreme Court right now. And it is a very, very uncertain time in America. Now, a lot of listeners that has reached out to me on Twitter, you know, they have asked, so what do you think is going to happen? What do you think the future of our nation is going to be in 10 years? And I remember President Obama once said everything was going to be okay, but right now I doubt it. I strongly doubt that everything is going to be okay. We need to stop with this whole, you know, let it be. Everything's going to be all right. We should pray on it. We should let's let's stop with that. Let's get fired up. Let's make this conversation grow hotter and hotter and hotter every single day until election season and hell even past election season let let's continue this all the way until 2020 because i don't know what the future of our country is going to be like in 10 years and it kills me because in 10 years my son will be 19 and you know when i was 19 you know we were just going into iraq and afghanistan and i always said that the the age of innocence ended after 911 but I always felt that we that there was hope when it came to our nation. That, you know, the American people is going to rise up and, and make everything better. You believe in the fighting spirit of America. But when it comes to politics, I am genuinely scared about what's going on within politics and in the world in general. It is a rough time and with Neil or with uh, Brett Kavanaugh becoming an associate justice of the Supreme Court it only makes it into a stranger and just a terrible time so that's my thoughts on Brett Kavanaugh. I'm sh- pretty sure all of you have opinions. I promise the next segment is not going to be as intense. But as I said, I'm still pretty pissed off when it comes to what happened on Saturday's confirmation votes. So, yeah, that's it. That's it on Brett Kavanaugh. You're not going to hear that name come out of my mouth. Well, I can't, I can't guarantee that because I'm pretty sure something bad is going to happen. But... I promise there will be no more segments strictly focused on Brett Kavanaugh from this point forward. So that's it about Brett Kavanaugh. Um, Good luck, Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, Maybe you'll have a change of heart, but when it comes down to it, in my eyes, you sexually assaulted a couple of women and you don't deserve to be on the Supreme Court. So that's it. Um, We'll be right back.
And welcome back to Political Thoughts with Steve. As I said in the last segment, this segment, we're going to go back to our quote-unquote friendly, family-friendly environment. So everyone can now take a chill pill and relax. I am over that segment. And let's talk about the midterms. Let's piggyback on what I said in the last segment about midterms. Midterms are coming up, ladies and gentlemen. We are... Three and a half weeks away from the midterm elections. And there is a lot of possibilities that can happen in three and a half weeks. There is a lot of key races going on right now within the United States that could determine if the House or Senate is either going to stay Republican, stay red, or they're going to shift to become a Democrat. There's a couple of studies right now that just got, um, I would say studies. There was a couple of articles I read over the course of the week that seemed extremely logical that says that, you know, Democrats right now may have a chance to take the House, but maybe not the Senate. So here's what's going on with the midterms. If you live in states that normally vote red and say that there's not a hot Democratic candidate right now, the chances of you guys becoming blue or becoming purple is pretty much zilch. In Alabama, we got lucky. Um, yeah, I like Doug Jones personally, but I'm going to be realistic when it comes to to my elected senator of Alabama, Senator Doug Jones. If it was a pure Republican candidate, and by pure I mean no controversy, he seems like a really good Christian valued conservative Republican. And I'm just going to be blunt with you guys. Doug Jones probably would not be a United States Senator right now because Alabama, unfortunately we are a Republican state. So, you know, we, we got lucky with Doug Jones. I mean, you know, I strongly hate, and by hate, hate is a strong word, and I only reserve it for a couple of people in my life. But when it comes to that former Alabama Supreme Court justice that I have completely forgot his name, which tells you how important he is to me. But when it came to that guy, I'm just saying that, you know, I am extremely glad that the state did not elect a racist bigot to be a United States senator. So good job, Alabama. But when it comes to, to the midterms, there's a lot of hot races going on right now. But for all my listeners in Texas, you guys are right now in the political spotlight because Ted Cruz, Senator Pinocchio himself, and I call him Pinocchio because if you look at him, I swear to God that nose grows longer and longer and longer each and every day. But Senator Pinocchio has a worthy opponent. And I am talking about Beto O'Rourke, a United States congressman from, I think he's from Houston. This guy is, this guy's the real deal. He is not a liberal Democrat at all. He is. He is extremely progressive. He believes in gay rights. He believes in women. He believes in the issues 
that women are going through. He believes in civil rights. He believes that health care should be a right, not a privilege. This guy, I swear to God, if I lived in Texas in that district, I would be voting for Beto O'Rourke because he is he's awesome. And a recent article uh, published by CNN today, Beto O'Rourke smashes the record he raised $38.1 million in three months. Now, Republicans, I know you guys, $38.1 million, that is a lot, but probably came from super PACs. Here is where Beto O'Rourke is different from most Republican candidates. And a lot, unfortunately, a lot of Democratic candidates. Beto O'Rourke is taking the Bernie Sanders approach when it comes to donations for campaigns. He is not backed by any super PAC, so you do not have millions of dollars coming from the ACLU or any of the major super PACs that normally donate to Democratic candidates. His money is coming straight from voter donations. So whatever he is doing in Texas is working. And I'm telling you this right now. He may be trailing in the polls against Ted Cruz, but his issues has came to a national spotlight. O'Rourke's campaign has obliterated fundraising records throughout the race, even as polls have consistently shown Cruz with a comfortable lead in the high-profile Senate contest. If there's anything that 2016 showed me was don't always trust a poll. You can look favorable in a lot of districts, but when it comes to Election Day, voters, we are very unpredictable. And... You know, you can have a Republican that is dead set on Cruz all the way up until the ninth hour, but when that person gets into the voting booth, that person may have a change of heart and decide, you know what, Ted Cruz, he just hasn't really done anything for Texas except embarrass us. So I'm going to vote for the other guy. And boom, you got people like that. Better O'Rourke could possibly become the next senator for the state of Texas. I am hoping that O'Rourke wins. First of all, I hate lying Ted. I despise lying Ted. What he is about, his political ideology, he is just hate-filled if you watch him. He, it's time for him to be voted out. So, Texas, it's time to vote him out. The midterms is exciting, especially for all of my fellow political nerds out there in podcast land. This is an exciting time because anything and everything will happen. You have candidates who are right now out there on the campaign trail. They are slugging it out. They are coming up with so much smear for each other. It is awesome to watch. Another another race to watch right now is in Florida between Rick Scott and the Democrat, um, I think he's a senator. He might be a rep, but there's a Democrat. He, he's the um, he's the Democrat uh, 
member of Congress that was involved in the town hall me- meetings with the with the kids and the parents who lost kids to the school shooting in Florida. That is a contested race right now because right now Rick Scott is under so much pressure from a lot of groups in Florida, including my favorite group. Oh God, what? Including my favorite group. You see, it's it's been a long morning, everyone. It's just been a long morning. Um. But the group of kids that march, march for our lives, that's the name of it, march for our lives. That group is my favorite group in Florida because it is a group of kids who have just graduated high school that is leading the charge to end gun violence in communities. And they have brought a lot of pressure on Governor Rick Scott, especially since he did not show up to that town hall meeting. And... When it comes to young voters, young voters, they always pay attention to things. So, Rick Scott, to quote my favorite movie, my favorite series, may the force be with you. I'm praying to God you do not win your election. I'm praying to God that Florida goes blue. So, to all of my listeners in Florida, make sure you go vote. And if you're a Democrat, vote hard. Tell your friends to go vote. Tell your family to go vote. You know, the midterms is just a very exciting time. But there is so much right now going on when it comes to the midterms. And, you know, this this should be, you know, this should be important. Every midterm election, every election should be important. But right now we are really, really involved in a tough time in our country. Right now in the House... Let me just put it in retrospect. Right now in the House, there's 28 positions that are in a toss-up. That is the California 10th, the California 25th, the California 39th, the California 45th, the 48th, the Florida 26th and 27th, the Illinois 6th and 12th districts, and the Iowa 3 which are the majority Republican districts are toss-ups. So wouldn't it be crazy if Democrats get 28 more positions, 28 more positions in Congress. That would be crazy. Um, There are likely Democrat um, districts right now um, 15 that will lean Democrat, 18 that will lean Republican. Um, likely Republicans, I mean, that, that looking at it, that, that's pretty much self-explanatory. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's 28 seats that is a toss-up. If Democrats could take the majority of those 28 seats, Democrats, you guys will control the House of Representatives. Because right now you only have 193. You need 218 for a majority. And there's also seven vacancies right now. So, you know, I think anything and everything, I think anything and everything can happen right now in in the House. Let's, Let's take a look at the Senate. Right now in the Senate, there are six toss ups. Um, 
Arizona, Florida, um, Indiana, Missouri, Nevada, and Tennessee. Um, 14 are solid Democrats. Five are likely Democrats. Three will lean Democrat. Two will lean Republican. Um, none right now that are likely Republican. Five that are solid Republicans. So right now, there are six toss-ups right now in the Senate. So it would be great if, let's see, if, say, everything st stays the same, but Democrats get the six, that would put Democrats over, yeah, Democrats would be great. They would completely control the Senate. But I don't know what's going on right now within the Senate with senatorial races because, you know, they're saying that, the Senate may stay red, and if that's the case, I mean, it is going to hurt Democrats' chances of trying to win in the 2020 general election. So, you know, there's just a lot going on right now in the political world, especially during the midterm. So what can you do? What can you do as the listeners get involved with the midterms? Well, it's simple. Volunteer. It's always a great way. Volunteering is always a great way when it comes to get involved in the political process. You can volunteer for different campaigns. Do it for your um, for Senate races. If you guys have a Senate race, do it for your congressional races. Do it for your local races for mayor and city council or school board. Get involved in those elections. That That's a great way to get involved. Another great way to, to get involved is help people get registered to vote. There are are a lot of websites right now that will help you get registered to vote. The best way to get registered to vote is go to your local registrar's office and tell them, hey, I want to get registered to vote, and they'll take you through the process. I mean, it, it's a simple process to get registered to vote. And before you know it, you're going to be heading to the polls in November to cast your first vote. If you're 18, if this is... The first time you are voting in an election, to all of my 18-year-old listeners, here's my advice to you guys. Keep an open mind. Some of you are Democrats. Some of you are Republicans. I have friends on both sides of the aisle. Even my teenage nephews and nieces, they are, you know, they see politics differently, but I tell them, now, this is your first year if you're 18 to vote. Keep an open mind. Go into the voting booth and remember, these people will represent you. And you have the power to put them out of office or keep them in. Despite what campaign finance law says, I'm sick and tired of corporations and super PACs running my elections. I'm tired of it. So. I'm here to give you guys hope and let you guys know that when it comes to elections, this is your time to shine. So keep an open mind when you go to the voting booth and to cast your vote. If you're still unsure, you can do your research all the way to the voting booth. I have seen people stand in line at my local polling place with their cell phones looking up information on each candidate to make sure that they're going to cast their vote the right way. These 
people that are running for office, they represent you and your best interest. If you strongly believe that your senator or your congressman does not represent your best interest, then go vote them out. It's that simple. So this is a very, very important midterm election. So to all my listeners, make sure you're registered. If you're not, get registered. And of course, go vote. We will be right back. Welcome back to Political Thoughts with Steve. This is everyone's favorite segment entitled This Week in Trump, where we look at what's been going on with President Trump. So there's a couple things about this week that has uh, really caught my attention when it came, came to our fearless leader. One, he met with Kanye West yesterday. Um, Kanye decided to make a complete fool of himself in the Oval Office, which you know is a place that yeah, I always thought was well respected. He decided to go in there and ramble about things, including the Thirteenth Amendment and other crazy things. Um, you know, the funny part about his ramble about the Thirteenth Amendment is he believes that we should abolish the Thirteenth Amendment. Now, I'm no con law professor, but I did take a lot of con law when I was in college, and I remember I had to I had to memorize all the amendments of the United States Constitution. And if I'm not mistaken, the 13th Amendment is a very important amendment because it says it's illegal to um, have slaves. So if you abolish the 13th Amendment, we might as well can go back to 1825 and, you know, have people out in the fields picking our cotton. See, Kanye West is slowly but surely reminding me of Uncle Ruckus from the Boondocks. How Uncle Ruckus was the most racist man on that show and how he was a quote-unquote Uncle Tom. This is what Kanye West is becoming. You could seriously tell that something's wrong with Kanye West. Um, you can seriously tell that Kanye's mind is just, there's just something wrong with him. I'm not a psych doctor, but, you know, just looking at him and hearing him mumble and ramble yesterday, I mean, it was just, I seriously think Kanye is on the verge of a mental breakdown. It's either that or he has spent way too much time with the Kardashians. Um, Another thing that President Trump has done, he decided to mock the Me Too movement in Pennsylvania on Wednesday at a rally while, you know, Florida was getting plummeted by Hurricane Michael. By the way, happy early Halloween, everybody. But while Florida was being attacked by Hurricane Michael, President Trump was at a rally in Pennsylvania on Wednesday attacking the Me Too movement, attacking women, attacking Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. Um, he said that, you know, it's a very difficult time in America for young boys. And you know what? If it's a difficult time in America for young boys, it was a very difficult time in America for young boys back in the 80s and the 90s. 
when I was growing up. You know, I'm a dad. I have a nine-year-old. I teach my son every single day how to respect a woman, how to treat a woman. Only little boys hurt girls. Only little boys punch girls. I teach him to be respectful. Because I want to make sure when my son goes out into the real world, when he gets older, you know, I want to make sure that he is always doing the right thing. Now, yeah, he's going to screw up a couple times. But I want him to know the difference between right and wrong and for him to have it ingrained in his head that it is not okay to hurt someone. It is not okay to put your hands on a woman or take advantage of a woman. It is not okay. Now, there's a lot of listeners out there that have sons and daughters. I know a couple personally that have daughters. I know for a fact that you guys are teaching your daughters that it is not okay for little boys to touch you. It's not okay for men to touch you in places you don't want them to touch you. And if they do that, you should tell someone. I know you people are teaching their kids that. A lot of my friends are parents. I see it every day. I hear it every day. So when it comes to the Me Too movement, it's our job as parents to raise the next generation to be respectful and to be decent human beings. For too long, it seems like the human race has been going down the toilet for too long. We we have stopped caring about people. And the only time that we care about people is when something bad happens, like a natural disaster or a terrorist attack. That's the only time that we care about people. That's the only time that we show that we care about people. Oh, we, we do it during Christmas time, but, you know, that's just Christmas time. We do it during Thanksgiving, but, you know, that's Thanksgiving. That's holidays. That's when we show that we care about people. But when it's not the holiday season, it seems to me that the only time that we show decent human compassion is during times of tragedy. So maybe we need to step back as a human race. Maybe we need to analyze the human race a little bit more. So when it comes to the Me Too movement, ladies, you can rest assured that every single day I am teaching my son to be respectful towards your daughters. To make sure that my son does not go out into the world and do something stupid that would embarrass himself, that would embarrass me, that would embarrass a lot of people. But are we surprised? I mean, every time we do this segment, I'm always waiting for a surprise. But the problem is, I'm not surprised at all when I read news headlines involving President Trump for this segment. I'm not surprised. This is an everyday occurrence. This president loves controversy. This president will talk about anything controversial. And people eat it up. I remember during during the campaign when he was running for president, he said, I could go in the middle of Manhattan in Times Square and murder someone in front of hundreds of thousands of people 
and I'd still get elected. And that is the truest thing he has ever said. Right now, he can talk about anything and anybody, and his supporters are still going to love him. I went to one Trump rally. Um, Trump was campaigning in Alabama back in 2015. It was um, it was actually a couple of days before my grandmother passed away, and I was actually standing on the back, um, behind. Trump. In fact, it's crazy because I've I watched that campaign rally a couple of months back, and I'm watching myself. I'm watching my my facial expressions on camera, and just the crap he was saying just flabbergasted me. Now, the question is, why did I go? Here's the reason why I went. This is a guy who's running for president. That's why I went. I want to hear my elected or people. I want to hear officials out. I want to listen to them. I want to decide for myself who I'm going to support and who I'm not going to support. And at that campaign rally, all I heard was, you know, the attacks on the media and the attacks on immigrants and attacks on women, attacks on the LGBTQ communities, um, how we should restore Christian values, which I don't get. That you know, when it comes to Christian values, that's a that's a topic for a whole different time. We might do that within the next couple of weeks. I think we should cover Christian values in politics. But yeah, I heard him say all this stuff, and you know what he did? He did nothing. It was nothing surprising to me. This is Donald Trump. Of course, Donald Trump's going to say bad things about women. He does not respect women. He's never respected women. Hell, look at his wife. You can tell she's miserable. You can tell that she probably married him for the money and to get herself out of a bad situation, but you can tell she's miserable nevertheless. Donald Trump doesn't know how to respect a woman, so what makes you think he's going to respect you guys? Oh, I'm sorry, you ladies. He's not going to ever respect you. The only time he'll ever quote-unquote respect you is during election season when he's trying to buy your vote. We should be a little bit smarter than this. We should open our eyes. We should be a little bit more human to each other. At the end of today, thousands probably hundreds of thousands of women all over the world is going to be sexually assaulted. At the end of, the, of today, hundreds of thousands of guys are going to be sexually assaulted. This just isn't a women, woman issue. This It goes both ways. It's just women are 40 times more likely to be sexually assaulted than men. But it still happens to men. I'm not saying it doesn't. It does. But we need to be a little bit more open-minded when it comes to sexual assaults. If you're teaching your daughters to tell someone when it happens, then don't call your daughter a liar when she comes to you and says, Dad, Joey, 
put his hands on me last night when we were out on a date and he did inappropriate things to me that hurt me. Or if it took 35 years for your daughter to finally say something, don't call her a liar. Especially when you taught your daughter to tell someone. Trump's doing a great job at dividing the nation. He's been doing that ever since the election. Nothing surprises me anymore when it comes to Donald Trump. Nothing. I am done being surprised. And that's why we do the, this segment, is to prove a point that nothing surprises me any, any, anymore. Nothing can surprise me. It's just crazy. It just it, it befuddles me. So Trump had a meeting with Kanye. Kanye went started talking crazy yesterday. Trump has degraded women at campaign rallies. Trump's had a pretty eventful week, everybody. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with our final segment. And we're back with final thoughts with Steve. Um, before we get into final thoughts with Steve today, um, I want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening to our podcast every single week. Um, I have to say this has always been the fun part of my week, being able to ramble about politics and um, sharing those thoughts with each and every one of you. Um you know, this has been fun, and I'm going to continue to do this and everything. So before we get into final thoughts, I just want to thank every single one of you for listening to me ramble in this episode and all my other previous episodes going all the way back to, I think it was August or September of last year when I started doing a five-minute podcast segments until I found out that I could do this on the computer. But, um... Yeah, so to all of my listeners, um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So for final thoughts with Steve, our final segment of our podcast this week, um, we're going to talk about health care. And we'll share some final thoughts when it comes to our healthcare system. Um, last week, I received a tweet from one of my followers. Um, she was uh, talking about... Um, an operation that she was going to be having this week. Um, and you know, she was just talking about how, um, you know, when it comes to, um, when it comes to healthcare, uh, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of difficult things. And, um, You know, we live in a society where healthcare should be a right, not a privilege. Now, you could say that we have access to healthcare, but there's a difference between having access to healthcare and being able to afford healthcare. Um, 
you know, this week or this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And um, breast cancer, that holds a huge place in my heart because of my mom. My mom is going through her third round of breast cancer right now. And, um, you know, it reminds me of when my grandmother was going through her bouts with breast and lung cancer. And that was the moment that I got very involved with healthcare. I saw an old, fragile woman who has always been a strong woman all of my life. I saw her not worry about her health, but worry about how she was going to be able to afford insurance premiums. And that pissed me off to an extent. Because, you know, when someone's going through cancer, the last worry should be, how am I going to afford treatment? When we received the news that my mom was going to have to battle cancer for a third time, we were devastated, of course. That word cancer is, um, is a very difficult word. But the one thing I love about my mom is my mom is seriously the strongest woman I have ever known besides my grandmother. And I always said, when people would ask, you know, how's your mom doing? I always said, you know, if she's hurt, she's, she's not showing it. And that's how my mom is. My mom doesn't show when she's hurting. When... We started this journey for the third time. She told me about a medication that she was on, and she told me the price of it. The price of this medication, I was mind blown. This medication was $10,000. $10,000. This pill probably costed, probably cost about you know, maybe $50 per pill. I'm sure it wasn't that much to make. But this drug was $10,000. I was livid. First of all, no middle class person has an extra $10,000 laying around to spend Right out of the blue. My mom works two jobs. There ain't no way she had 10 grand. Thankfully, her health care, her health insurance took care of it. With not much out-of-pocket costs. But $10,000. And it's not just my mom. It's... It's other people are battling cancer right now. Human beings are having to decide to either fight cancer 
or feed their families. We should not live in a society where it's like that. We should live in, in a society to where we take care of each other. And that's why I've always supported universal health care. Now, many of you don't want your taxes to go up, myself included. But guess what? Our taxes are going to go up regardless. Our fearless leader in the White House is not going to lower taxes on us hard-working middle-class citizens because we make up the bulk of the tax bracket. Top 1% is going to get their tax cuts, but we won't. So here's a question to all of you who are still iffy about universal health care because it's going to make your taxes go up. If you were to pay $5 more in taxes to make sure that your neighbor across the street has health care coverage in case if your neighbor gets sick, don't you think that's worth it? If your neighbor's child, God forbid, gets diagnosed with brain cancer and can't afford the treatments, if we had a universal health care system, would it make you feel a little bit better knowing that your tax dollars helped that child receive treatment that she otherwise would never have been able to receive? It goes back to my last statement, or to back to my last segment towards the end. We need to start being decent human beings. We need to start loving each other, taking care of each other, because no one else is going to look after us. Our fearless leader in the White House is definitely not going to look after us. Our, our Congress, who has proven that they don't care about us, they're not going to look after us. They're worried about themselves. It's time for us to come together. It's time for us to support each other and to support our neighbors. It's time for us to rise and to be more human towards each other. So my challenge to all of you this week is to be a better human being. Teach your children better. Learn something new about your neighbors. Love each other. And take care of each other. And that's Final Thoughts with Steve for this week. I want to thank everyone that has followed us on Twitter. Right now, I think we're around 460 followers. I'm really, I'm really hoping that gets up to 500 towards an Next week, um, we're aiming for a thousand new followers by the end of the year. So let you know, tell tell your friends about us, and um, you know, follow us on Twitter and everything. Um, you can find us at official 
P-T-W-S-T-E-V, that is at official P-T-W-S-T-E-V, or you can go to anchor.fm slash political thoughts with Steve, or go to anchor.fm and search political thoughts with Steve. That would take you to our official political thoughts with Steve anchor page, where you can actually donate and support our show. In order for our show to run and to be successful, we we ask for donations from all of our listeners. It's kind of like Patreon, towards a patronage. And it's because of generous, generous donations from you, the listener. It's because of you how we can do this every single week and share our political views with all of you. So if you haven't donated and you want to donate, go to anchor.fm today, search Political Thoughts with Steve, hit that donation button. You can donate as much as you want. Every dollar helps. And also, since this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, every time this episode gets listened to, or every episode from September 28th all the way to the end of the month, every time one person listens to that episode, a dollar is going to be donated to so to the Susan G. Komen Breast Cancer Foundation at the end of the month. So right now, our goal is to donate $1,000. We want 1,000 views. But the only way to donate $1,000 to breast cancer awareness is to listen to us. So tell your friends to check us out. Trust me. Every amount will help when it comes to fighting breast cancer. So with that, make sure that you thank a service member this week. Make sure that you thank a veteran. To all of my brothers and sisters, active duty, reserve, veterans, thank you so much for your service and the sacrifices you make for our freedoms. We love you. We support you. Um, To all of our followers on Twitter, thank you so much. And for everyone here at Political Thoughts with Steve, thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week for a new edition of Political Thoughts with Steve, available here directly from the Anchor app and Anchor FM. We'll see you guys next week.